Hello, welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em, and we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan, Yukikae. Soon. I don't know if that's the best Christmas movie or if Gremlins is the best Christmas movie. I think Die Hard is. (laughs) (laughs) If for no, I mean, there's lots of reasons, but one of the reasons is the Alan Rickman moment. Oh, well, yeah. Which he didn't know was coming, so the terror is real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Today we'll be discussing The Lucky Heart by Daphne Perry. Felicity returns home after a long absence to reconnect with her family. To make her home in Prescott once again, she must confront the person she used to be and prove to those who knew her, and to herself, that she isn't that girl anymore. One of the people she assumes will need a lot of convincing is Silas, a former friend and infrequent friend with benefit. Both Felicity and Silas will need to reconcile their past feelings before they can begin their future. There will be spoilers beyond this point. We have content warning for domestic abuse, drug abuse, and violence against women. So, Erica, do you think we should start with backstory to set this up? Or do you think we should jump into the friends with benefits? Uh, Where would you like to start? This story has a lot of backstory. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. Yeah, I guess I'll set it up a little bit. When Felicity was in high school, she was in a friend group with her older brother, two years older than her, and his two friends, Wes and Silas. She started dating Wes, and they were high school sweethearts. And Silas was kind of like the bestest, bestest friend he could possibly be to her, which she just didn't pick up on the fact that he really liked her, apparently. Anyway, it was a wonderful friend group. It was fabulous until one fateful night. They're at a party and Felicity tells her boyfriend Wes, hey, I want to get really crazy. I have some meth. Let's do some meth. I mean, I guess that is pretty crazy. (laughs) That's that's the way to go with crazy. Wes seems to be a very loving boyfriend. And he's like, well, I want to try it first so we can see if it's safe or not for you. And Felicity is like, okay, sounds good. Wes takes the meth. I don't even know what we call it. Like, I'm so divorced from drug culture whatsoever i refer to it as taking drugs like it's just it's not bad to be divorced from it (laughs) that's it's not a bad thing inherently wes gets high and he turns into a total asshole i guess honestly is good in some ways because it makes it so felicity never ever wants to do drugs so there's that It becomes evident that he is now addicted and he can't stop using, even though he says he will. Felicity blames herself for this. Yeah, she thinks of it as she got him started, but she doesn't have all the facts. And even if she did, I don't know if her self-flagellation is warranted. Felicity feels a lot of guilt. Yes. About many, many, many things. I think that's one of her defining characteristics. Yeah, guilt guilt is problematic for a lot of reasons. This progresses to until she's about to graduate from high school. Wes throws a bonfire party for her, supposedly, and all his drug buddies show up. He gets high, and it's really scary, 
And Felicity calls Silas to come pick her up. Because remember, Silas will do whatever. He's her little... Oh, that sounds mean. (laughs) He is the bestest friend he could be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you caught yourself and you were kind. Uh Uh-huh. I don't have that bone. Silas comes to pick Felicity up from the party and he and Wes get into it because Wes, I think, knows how Silas really feels about Felicity. And he's high, so he's extra feisty. I don't remember who pushes who, but for whatever reason, Wes falls down and Felicity's telling him that they're over forever now. She gets in Silas's truck and they drive off. Silas takes her back to his place and they're just hanging out. He confesses that he's been into her all along and she takes advantage of the moment. Awkward timing, buddy, but that's okay. They fuck. It's amazing and wonderful. They wake up in the morning, cuddled up together, and Wes is there and he's sober now and he is pissed because he feels Felicity has cheated on him because he didn't necessarily hear her break up with him. It's just a big old deal. It's a mess. He's like, I will never forgive either of you, etc. He leaves. Felicity tells Silas, oh, well, they should still figure stuff out. But then she ends up ghosting him and leaves for Seattle and stays there for, what, 14 years, I think? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Basically living in Seattle about as many years as she lived in that town. I mean, practically. Just about, yeah. Silas ends up joining the military and he's in the army for 10 years before he comes back home. Wes continues his druggy lifestyle until he gets to the point that he's cooking meth and selling it and getting murdered by a rival drug dealer. Felicity comes home after she's been gone, I think 12 years, to go to Wes's funeral. After the funeral, Silas comes to her hotel room And they end up fucking again, as one does. Because they just have no control. (laughs) They they really don't. I mean, they don't have any control. Yeah, I guess it's not that because they're in deep love or something or will be. They've been in love this whole time. It's just Silas doesn't think Felicity is. Do you think she is? She thinks she is. So I I don't know. I whatever. We'll get to that part of the podcast. We're not there yet. After Wes's funeral, Felicity starts visiting home more often. Every time she visits home, it seems like she and Silas end up fucking. And it's always angry or fraught in some way. Eventually, Felicity's brother, Jess, convinces her to move back home. This is two years after the funeral. So now we're in present day. Felicity has moved back home and she has this whole apology tour planned. This is the Felicity apology tour slash moving back home. I don't know. That sounds bad too. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I am not articulate today. Um, I'm not sure I can help. So there's that. But yeah, Felicity moves back. And yeah, it is a bit of the apology tour, but it's also... From her perspective, she was a royal shit growing up. So she feels like she's had growth 
she's become a better adult for having been a what she thinks of as a shitty teenager. And she was kind of a mean girl in high school. You find out she bullied other girls and things like that. She had a close friend who never grew out of being a mean girl. But Felicity has. Felicity is like most people, you know, and has matured. Yes. As the years have gone by. And she feels very, very, very bad about all of the wrongs that she has done imagined or real <laughs> she feels very 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 bad about it yeah, she has grown in her ability to have compassion show compassion just get out the whip with the brambles in it because she's going to be self-flagellating all through the book yes and you can't see it but i'm making a little whipping motion with my hand right now <laughs> that was a terrible sound effect <laughs> i'm keeping that of course you are it's one of those things like oh this is gonna sound cool and then i say it and i'm like yeah no that is that doesn't sound nearly as good as it did in my head that is part of the appeal (laughs) (laughs) and you ain't no filter it comes out so (laughs) that that is another part of the appeal (laughs) this appeal has many parts (laughs) you're appealing like an onion not an orange you have many layers um (laughs) and if you're if you're not careful i'll make you cry (laughs) (laughs) yep so felicity really wants to one repair her relationship with her family so she has her older brother jess who has gotten married to a woman named Gigi. And they have two children with a third on the way. She also has her mother who has mental health issues. And they're not sure exactly what's wrong with her, but she kind of spaces out and then loses time. Her dad, we don't care about because he left because he's a jerk. Yes. This book has the trope shitty dad. (laughs) FYI, it gets shittier. Yes. But not Felicity's dad. He's he's successfully out of the picture. Successfully. She also wants to apologize to all the people that she feels she's done wrong to, including Wes's parents, because it's her fault he died of drugs. Mm-hmm. And other people that she knew from high school. And of course, Silas, who she feels she's always been in love with. He's always been the one for her. But the most she can hope for is friendship with him because she feels she has done him too much wrong, I think. No, I feel that's accurate. She's been a wrecking ball in his life, so how could he love her? Right, right. So now she's out with her family. They're going to like a trick-or-treating event at the shopping center or something. While they're out and about, she runs into Wes's parents and they invite her for dinner. And she accepts. She's like, oh, yeah, sure. Sometime. We'll see. (laughs) Because while she wants to apologize to them, she knows it's going to be a really crappy thing. Because Wes was their only kid. And he got murdered by a drug dealer. And it was her fault, according to her. She put that knife in that other drug dealer's hand. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and I got into his head and said, do it. <laughs> she she bought Wes the uh, meth cooking supplies and... <laughs> yep. 
She's being supportive. <laughs> she went a whole Breaking Bad moment on him or something. You know, I don't fucking know. I don't know why she feels so fucking guilty. Because if you care about someone, you're responsible for them and all of their actions. Oh, yeah, I forgot. She's a woman. That's why. Yep. Oh, oh well, you know what? Never mind. That did not come out of my mouth. <laughs> Toward the end of the trick-or-treating event, she sees Silas. And she sees that he seems to be with a woman and a child. She's like, what the fuck? I didn't think Silas was a cheater, but he had had sex with her just a couple nights ago and then left saying it was a mistake. And now she's wondering, is this why he said it was a mistake? Because he has a, a woman and a child? Mm. <sighs> Felicity. <laughs> Let's draw conclusions without facts. <laughs> This is one of those books where you just really want the characters to fucking talk to each other. Just talk to each other. Just be vulnerable. They'll be vulnerable back. Maybe. And if they aren't, then you have information. Exactly. Later, Felicity goes for a drive and decides to go out for coffee. While she's out, she runs into Chloe, who is one of the girls she bullied in high school. She decides to begin her apology tour with Chloe, apologizes, and they catch up. We learn Chloe married Derek, who was a total asshole in high school and had a reputation for hitting his girlfriends. So a prince among men. Felicity is trying to be kind and thinks, well, maybe he has improved with age, like I hopefully have. And so she doesn't really say anything about it to Chloe. And to be fair, in that moment, after they're just reconnecting and they, you know, it might have been a weird thing to bring up. Like, oh, by the way, so are you getting abused? Yeah. So does, does he hit you? Because he used to hit his old girlfriends. No, it's, you're, you're right. I mean, she did the right thing. She's like laying down foundation and not assuming. Right. That's the best you can really do in that moment. I mean, really, truthfully. Yeah. Her suspicions are only worsened when she suggests to Chloe, oh, well, we should hang out again. And Chloe says, well, when Derek is home, I don't really get out much. Uh huh. <laughs> I just want to repeat for sensitive listeners that <laughs> we trigger warn for domestic abuse and it's bad. So, <laughs> yeah. You were warned. <laughs> That's all we could do. <laughs> we can't turn it off for you. <laughs> Felicity goes out with her mom to check out the rental house she'll be moving into. While they're out, her mom has one of her episodes. And she doesn't really remember that she has the episodes either. We have this storyline through the book. Kind of like a side story with the mom. She has some sort of early onset Alzheimer's, maybe, possibly, refuses to move in with the older brother or with Felicity, even though she occasionally will get hurt due to her episodes. But we don't really get a good resolution toward the end of the book either. She gets on a drug trial that seems to be helping. Yeah. But anyway, so that's a thing. One more thing for Felicity to worry about. When she gets back home, Silas shows up and he apologizes for what he said the other night, saying it was a mistake to have sex. He tells Felicity that Maisie isn't his girlfriend. They dated briefly 
and decided it really wasn't something that they were interested in pursuing. He asks Felicity if she was jealous. Nope. He kind of intuits that Felicity was jealous. No, she wasn't. She was not. (laughs) He is mistaken. Those eyes are not green. (laughs) Felicity tells Silas she wants to be friends. And he agrees, even though he secretly wants to be with her. Here is the main conflict in the story, folks. Felicity says she wants to be friends, but what she really wants is to be worthy, and she doesn't think she ever will be. Silas (sighs) wants Felicity, but he's worried he will never be her number one man because her first true love was Wes. And how can he ever measure up when he's competing with a dead man? (laughs) And they say I'm snarky. (laughs) Which I am. (laughs) That is accurate. I know. Felicity has dinner with Wes's parents. She finds out they adopted a little boy named Mason. So they're kind of... Moving on with their lives. They refuse to talk about Wes, really, though. Felicity wants to continue her apology tour, and they're both like, yeah, no, we don't want to discuss that at all. Felicity's like, okay, but she really feels like she needs to unburden herself. Uh, Felicity, you have a lot to learn (laughs) about apologies. While she's there, she sees a picture. Well, she sees multiple pictures, but she sees one of her and Wes together during happier times. Wes's mom gives it to her to keep. She has this whole flashback moment where we learn about Wes's drug addiction. Time is weird in this book. I say this a lot, but in this book, it's like sometimes I'm like, okay, was it the next day? Was it right after that? I don't know. And then later the author will say, oh, there's a time jump of a week or two weeks or a month or whatever. And I'm just like, ah, where am I? Who am I? Oh, good. It wasn't just me. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Time can be a weird soup, but still. Like, I feel (laughs) I'm just floating. Nothing to hold on to. Carrot, potato, give me something. Yeah, if I'm not being specific about time, it's not me. It's it's them. <laughs> As opposed to it's not you, it's me. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely uh-huh. them. <laughs> I'm not it taking for this. <laughs> Felicity goes out for drinks with her brother Jess and Gigi. Surprise! Silas and Maisie are also there. Felicity is jealous because Silas seems to be really friendly with Maisie. Yeah, sure, you guys are just friends. Uh (laughs) She's about to leave because she's feeling like a fifth wheel when she runs into Andrea, who is her old friend from high school. Who has not matured out of mean girl status. No, she goes to invite Andrea to sit at the table with her group, but her group makes it very clear that Andrea is not welcome. Is it Jess or Silas? One of the guys say that Andrea is mean to both Maisie and Gigi. And then Andrea comes over and proves everyone (laughs) right by being a total asshole. Awkward! (laughs) So Felicity tells her off. And this is where we get introduced to Felicity's fieriness. Which is apparently just her telling people off. She gets mad and tells people off. 
But it's her fiery nature that Silas likes. He likes that she'll stand up to people. Well, yay for Felicity him. doesn't like it about herself. And every time she tells someone off, she kind of self-flagellates a little <laughs> bit. You're better than this, Felicity. She's trying to rein that part of her personality in. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, on one hand, I like that Silas is like, yes, be yourself, be true to you, be authentic. Yes. But on the other hand, I can appreciate that Felicity's on this whole self-improvement journey. And if there's something you don't like about yourself and you want to change it, then it's okay to want to yeah. change it. You don't have to just be the same you all the time forever if you don't like it. Yeah. So I kind of struggled a bit with that whole fiery personality side story. Did you have an opinion on that? About Felicity's fieriness. I think al along the same lines as you do, which yay that he is supportive of the person that she is, quote unquote, warts and all. However, she doesn't like that about herself. It's so tricky because there's so much she doesn't like about herself. But if there's behaviors of hers that she wishes were different and she wishes to change them, then she should endeavor to do that and work on that. And that's okay. Oh, telling someone off is just, it's a weird sort of strength for a character to have because I sort of see it in the same vein as that whole idea of stubbornness being strength. Those aren't inherently strong qualities. I get if there's someone that they feel that they have to defend and it's, it comes from like that kind of place. But I think sometimes, and maybe I misinterpreted the writing, I think sometimes it felt more like Felicity, like it was a pressure release valve, which is not what I would necessarily categorize as strength. It's more no. like, I can't contain this anymore. Bleh. Yes. Which is why I get like, okay, she doesn't like this about herself. She wants to improve on that. Good for her. Go get that personal growth. And that doesn't mean that she can't be fiery either because mastering your self-control when you're going to let mm -hmm. that out or if you're going to let that yeah. out versus just overflowing yeah. with it is a worthy goal. That's a worthy thing to, yes. to work towards. Yes, yes. And it's not at odds with her being fiery. It's more about her being in control of her fieriness. Yeah. Although... I don't like the terminology of fiery for this aspect of her personality. Yeah. It's like, that's what Silas has decided to call bitchy. <laughs> like, instead of calling it bitchy, he calls that's it fiery. not uncommon in stories, but yeah. And Felicity wants, I think, to be assertive, not yeah, it's, aggressive. It's, it's not totally dissimilar from that whole, oh, they're feisty. No, no. They're irritated because of this reason, this reason, and this reason. And you're just giving it the cute name of feisty. They're feisty. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just a, an easy way of giving readers a touchstone, which is done frequently in writing and not always a bad thing. You throw down some character descriptions and so that reader will then know, okay, I know who this character is or what they stand for or whatever. And then the other thing, too, is because the way it's written, it's just Felicity has a hot temper and she'll go yeah. off, right? And Silas calls it fieriness. So he likes that she's got a hot temper. He likes that she's angry. I just, 
I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. It's okay to have emotions and express them, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, be angry all you want, Felicity, but the thing is, <laughs> self-control isn't bad. No, it's not. <laughs> and if you want to have better self-control, more power yes. to you. And it will not take away from your fieriness. No. Anything, it will vastly improve it. Although you can go overboard with the self-control. You, you can go yeah. overboard, you know, you still have to let it out in a suitable way. And I think Felicity maybe edges maybe too far in the self-control direction. She doesn't want it at all. Maybe that's where the problem lies. I don't know. Yeah, she hasn't figured out that balance between control and chaos. I don't know if chaos is the right word. She's a pressure cooker and it blows, but that's because up until that point, she's been like, I'm controlling it, I'm controlling it, I'm controlling it. When it's like, right. yeah, not so much. <laughs> she needs to find the appropriate outlet that she can be happy with. Selective control. After Felicity tells off Andrea and Andrea leaves, Felicity also leaves. She self-flagellates because she's been trying to rise above being a queen bitch. Forgive the term bitch, but that's kind of, I think, how she thinks of herself. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And she feels kind of like she's stuck in this role that she doesn't want. People are assuming this about her. Up to this point, Maisie and Gigi have both been kind of iffy with their friendliness toward her. Like they're just waiting for her to be who she used to be. Silas goes out after her, but she has her walls back up and she tells him he should give Maisie another shot and then leaves. <laughs> Silas drives Maisie home. Maisie has figured out that Silas is in love with Felicity. We get some more backstory. I went and looked and it is from one of the prior books. I think oh. the first one uh, where Maisie and Gigi got kidnapped and nearly killed. And Maisie had to kill her kidnapper to escape. And the kidnapper had been her ex-boyfriend who was also the father of her child. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. In my head, I'm going, WTF is up with this town. <laughs> Holy cow. They got a raging meth problem. They got kidnappers. They've got <laughs> yes. women being hurt. I just, ah. Uh. Yeah, I don't necessarily think this book advocates small town life. <laughs> no. Like, this sounds like a shithole. Why did you move back here, Felicity? Because obligation and she felt guilty. Maybe Seattle is better. <laughs> it's not. <but laughs> maybe in this universe it is. <laughs> but I mean, that's why she moves home. She wants to be there for her family. Yeah. When Silas gets home, he gets a call from Jess, who wants to know, what's going on between you and my sister? Nothing. Yeah, that's basically what he says. And then Jess is like, am I ever going to know what happened to our friend group? Am I ever going to know the real story? But Felicity has made Silas promise to not tell her brother that she's the one who got Wes into drugs. So Silas says it's Felicity's story to share, not his. We get another flashback. This one is about the night that... That Santa went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that... Felicity and Silas fucked. Sometime later, at some point, Felicity gets a phone call. Her mom is at the hospital. She had an episode at the hardware store and Silas brought her to the ER. When Felicity's at the hospital, she and Silas talk. 
She invites him to have a friend dinner in a couple days. She's planning to apologize for her past wrongs. Silas agrees to the friend dinner, even though it kind of grates on him that they're still friends. Chloe is also at the ER. She is hurt. She broke her arm while carrying laundry and tripped down some stairs. Yeah, stairs are deadly. Don't call Derek. Her husband, it's fine. It's fine. Don't bother him. No need to. Felicity sees past this bullshit, decides she wants to be a friend to Chloe and stays with her until she's all fixed up and ready to go home. She decides that she wants to be there for Chloe. She wants to be a safe person for Chloe for when Chloe decides she has had enough of Derek. Yay. I think that's really good. And I think Felicity kind of has handled this whole situation with the abusive husband pretty well because she's giving chloe a landing place that's her goal she's not trying to convince chloe of anything because she realizes that will be futile sadly it's a journey and she appreciates that chloe's not there she hopes i think that chloe will get there but the best thing that she can do is just extend the olive branch and not do anything that makes chloe feel worse about her situation I feel like this whole thing with Felicity and Chloe is what I like best about Felicity. There's so many things about Felicity's character that great on me. (laughs) But this particular aspect of the story, how she, she truly cares and she truly sees what's going on and she wants to be there for Chloe and she makes an effort too. Like she works toward it throughout the story. It's really good subplot even though it's also a really dark subplot felicity and silas have their friend dinner she apologizes he forgives her no i get it you were a kid it's fine (laughs) they catch up silas has been having some trouble at his ranch because his dad owns the ranch when silas got out of the military he was supposed to be a partner on the ranch but his dad isn't really letting him have any control They have an employee who is, I think, retiring or something. And the dad is taking a long ass time finding a replacement. Felicity suggests that she could help out on the weekends in the spring if Silas wants her to. If that would help, he says yes. As they're leaving the restaurant, Tyson, Felicity's ex-boyfriend from Seattle, is there. Hi, Tyson. (laughs) Surprise! Yeah, I haven't told you about Tyson because he doesn't matter at all. No, not really. He's Felicity's ex-boyfriend who cheated on her. And Felicity said, oh, well, you're out of my life now. And Tyler won't take that for an answer. (laughs) Which is just a great quality. No, if he could just explain it to her, (laughs) she would surely take him back. (laughs) Yeah, because that's the problem. You didn't explain properly. But conveniently, while he's... Trying to talk to Felicity, Andrea also shows up. Tyler full on checks her out. Felicity says to Andrea, as if they are still friends, Hey, can you do me a favor and show Tyson around town for me? Because I'm kind of busy tonight. And Andrea's like, Hell yeah, I'll do that. Because she thinks Tyler's hot. That solves that problem. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about Felicity doing that? Because she knows. I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> I am so uninvested in yeah, Tyler. I mean, he's there for like two seconds. And what we know about him isn't great. And I don't like how Andrea was characterized either. She is cartoonishly yeah. evil. 
And I don't like that it's heavily implied that she has breast implants and that's yeah. bad or something. I mean, if you want to get breast implants, that's fine. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be like a no. mark of shame. I don't know. And Andrea's kind of characterized as being like, quote, slutty also, yeah. which makes her bad, apparently. I feel like Andrea's character is kind of problematic. Yeah. Like the reason she's bad is because she's still in high school mode, even though she's in her 30s. She got her boobs done and she likes sex. Yep. I just. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was kind of odd, too, in this book because Tyson and Andrea are both very two dimensional, and it seems like the rest of the characters are a little bit more three dimensional, have more. Yeah. depth and it's just kind of odd to run across like these two that aren't it's kind of like one of those movies where they superimpose the animation <laughs> on the live action and it's just awkward really obvious that's the thing is like they're there for two seconds in the story and then they're gone so it makes you wonder why they're there i get why having an andrea s character is because it can show the growth that felicity has undertaken but Tyson doesn't seem to serve a purpose. Tyler's there to make Silas jealous. Oh, okay. Well, that didn't really do anything. <laughs> no. It's rather ineffective. After that, Silas decides he's going to give Felicity some time for them to be, quote, friends together and help her get settled instead of rushing her and trying to push for more from their relationship. Now we get our first time jump of three weeks. Felicity and Silas have not had any contact. Felicity is shoveling her front walk because it's snowing. And Silas drops by and invites her to a party with him to go to Emmeline and Nick's. These are characters from book two. Oh. Silas gives her the lowdown on book two, which is <laughs> Emmeline was almost kidnapped by a motorcycle gang. And then her dad's fiance tried to kill her. Okay. She and her husband, Nick, got married nine years ago and then spent a lot of time apart and have only recently gotten back together. Okay. This is book three. We jumped in knowing it was book three, so that's fine. It makes me think like we shouldn't do middle series books because it seems like <laughs> we need the other information. No, I don't think we needed the information at all. I feel like these characters were cameos. That yeah. was why they were hit there. That's why they were at the party. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter at all, except we get this whole info dump of, yeah, by the way, here is a brief <laughs> summary of book it. two. Um, and I'm just like, WTF, what is going on in this yes. town? It's on a hell mouth. <laughs> Here's another woman. Buffy. <laughs> who's gotten kidnapped and then almost killed. And apparently there are motorcycle gangs. They need a slayer. Maybe that's Felicity's journey as she's going to be the one. And like, <laughs> she's fiery. <laughs> Maybe it's a hell reference. I don't know. <laughs> oh, dude, seriously. It is bizarre. It reminds me of like mystery series, like yes. especially in cozy mystery series <laughs> where you have a main character Who's constantly investigating horrible crimes in their sleepy little village. And every book, shit goes down. Oops, somebody <laughs> got murdered again. Move away. The baker will solve it. <laughs> Fear not. 
<laughs> Seriously, though, right? Yes. <laughs> Why do you still live there? Yeah, seriously, if it's in a small town and residents are dropping like flies, you know, <laughs> you, you, I think you'd move. The chances that you are next have gone up <laughs> with every book. <laughs> you know, it's hard to have a character, especially a non-professional detective or private investigator who's constantly stumbling on murders and have that be a normal thing. <laughs> Oh, they were on a book tour and whoops, they found another dead body. <laughs> it's them. That's why sometimes with those, I like a like supernatural element because I think my brain just goes, yeah, okay, it's magic. So fine. It'll give it a pass. If there isn't magic then I'm like, okay, is there some overarching villain that is <laughs> plaguing this poor shop person? No, they're all unrelated. <laughs> I mean, I just imagine if I was that, that, the trauma. It's like, oh my gosh, is everyone I'm going to meet end up dead? <laughs> Which, I mean, yes, because they're all going to die sometime. But like, <laughs> are you going to be a part of it? <laughs> Where you get, you know, kidnapped and threatened and all of that. I just imagine, like, all those amateur sleuths just need to, like, sit in a rocker and just be left alone for a while. <laughs> Well, similar to this town that we're reading about now, I feel like every woman under the age of 40 should just leave. Or, you know, build them all front porches and give them rockers. <laughs> it, is, it is not a safe place for you. Go find somewhere else to be. During this party, Maisie comes up to chat to Felicity and conveniently talks about how she doesn't feel any chemistry with Silas, even though he's amazing. So she's trying really hard to be a good wing woman for Silas. Felicity is like, huh, that's interesting that she knew exactly what to say to make me stop feeling jealous. <sighs> how convenient. <laughs> After the party, Felicity tells Silas that she had fun, but she also feels awkward because she doesn't want to still be a mean girl, and he tells her not to hide her fiery spirit. It's okay to be mean. She gives him a little kiss, and he turns it into a big kiss. Huh? Then, after they're kissing, he pulls away and says they should stop. She agrees. She feels it is her mistake. She shouldn't have kissed him in the first place because they are supposed to be friends. How dare she have urges? How was it a mistake when he kissed her back? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have answers for you. Sorry. In Silas's head, he thinks the reason he stopped kissing was because he wants the next time they have sex to be due to her choosing him, not because she's angry slash drunk slash just broke up. Slash grieving slash. Which is fair. Yes. But he should have told her that. <laughs> yes. Say, hey, you know what? I'm really feeling this, but I want to not have sex right now. I want to take things slow. Yes. That would have been good. I agree. <laughs> Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Three more weeks pass. <laughs> I will say, like, I like that the author isn't afraid to let time progress because lots of stories are minute by minute. I agree. I do think it's weird, though, that Felicity and Silas go weeks without talking. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that there aren't problematic <laughs> aspects of this, but I like that she's not afraid to do it. So then we don't have, oh, and now the character goes and brushes their teeth. I'm like, is there a killer hiding in the bathroom? Why is this relevant? So I just thought I'd point it out because it occurred to me. I'm sharing. 
I also like that a lot of time passed because it made it more realistic for the amount of growth that happens to the characters. Yes, yes. Instead of just like a light switch. Oh, I'm better now. Get actually. <laughs> I'm better now. Let's get married happily ever after. Woohoo. I didn't like that we have three week gaps where the couple doesn't talk to each other at all for no reason, except that they just don't. Yeah. Repeated three week gaps. Yeah. That was weird. Anyways, after this three week time jump, we learn Felicity is quitting her job. Okay. It is no longer something she wants to do. She's been working from home. At the same company she was working at in Seattle, and she's decided, you know what, this just isn't for me. This isn't what makes me happy. So she quits. Fair enough. We have a couple heart-to-heart conversations, one with her mom, one with Wes's mom. Felicity tries to apologize to Wes's mom. Wes's mom tells her, you should go talk to Wes's grave. That's what helps me. So then Felicity goes out to Wes's grave. She apologizes to Wes. And then she gets mad and yells and starts throwing rocks at it. Yeah, sometimes that's what you do. Which, the mad and yelling, yes. The throwing rocks at the headstone, no. Maybe not so much. I don't know. I get it. It was a little disrespectful, I felt. I don't know. Like, for me, it seemed okay because she's got a lot of feelings that she hasn't dealt with. So throw rocks, but not at the headstone. Well, so it's granite. It's fine. I mean, it's probably granite. So I'm not thinking about Wes and his dead, his ghostly presence or whatever, being offended or whatever. I'm thinking about her being so concerned about Wes's parents and them looking out on their property to see her throwing rocks at their dead son's headstone. I don't have any problem with that at all. It makes sense. Okay, well. I'm not trying to speak for her parents or anything. Sometimes when people die, you have feelings that... They got to come out somewhere. And yeah, some of them are violent feelings and you don't get to direct them at the person. And the closest thing she has by proxy is that headstone. So it makes sense to me. It doesn't seem disrespectful to me. And even if it was, grief is a hard thing and it manifests in all different kinds of ways. Especially since she has a history of not really addressing her feelings. So it makes sense that in the moment she bubbles up or the feelings bubble up and she unleashes. I didn't like it because I felt she was so fucking worried about Wes's parents, like managing their feelings. But then she doesn't care about that aspect of it. It didn't make sense. To me, it shows more of her humanity. The walls came down. And sometimes when the walls come down, that kind of thing happens. It's not about the walls coming down, I didn't think. I thought it was about her having no self-control, being kind of a hypocrite. I care about your feelings, except in this instance. Yeah, well, people are hypocritical sometimes. Okay, but I didn't like it. I said it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay with you not liking it. It's fine. (laughs) I feel like we're talking. I think we are. (laughs) (laughs) Do-si-do. So while Felicity is emoting at Wes's grave, she finds out Silas is there. Yay. Lurking. (laughs) Not so yay. Like a creepy boy. Not not really. I mean, that's kind of how it read to me. He has a reason for being there and everything, but. 
<laughs> Why are you here watching me all the time? Because <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's okay because I love you. It makes it all better. Felicity confesses that it is her fault that Wes tried meth in the first place. And then Silas tells her something important, which is Wes had started using meth his senior year, two years before that fateful party, and had been hiding it from her before that night even happened. And the only reason he knows is because Wes had confessed that to him later. Felicity is like, what? <laughs> I don't have to feel guilty after all. <sighs> but it does make her feel better to know it wasn't her fault. Yes. Not that it ever was. Yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that inclusion. Why? I mean, I honestly thought something like that was going to happen. So I'm not surprised that it happened. I just the the convenience of a, a scapegoat. Or not scapegoat. That's not the right word. Absolution. Yeah. I'm not saying that. She certainly should have heaped all the guilt on herself that she was doing. That's not, that is not what I'm saying. But yeah, I was like, oh, look, let me provide a reason for you not to feel bad at all. Rather than yeah. addressing the fact that you <laughs> killed yourself with guilt or smothered yourself. Smothered your spirit, your fire within with guilt. No, I think that's a good point. I think that it is a little frustrating that you could just wave a wand and all that goes away. Now she feels fine. She spent 14 years obsessing. Mm-hmm. That does not go away overnight. Yeah, I mean, I could honestly, I know you don't like it, but I mean, I could see in that moment too, like after that confession, her grabbing a rock and like throwing it at the grave, you know, and have that anger come out. I know you don't like it. I'm sorry. See, I don't even really, I, I don't really care. Like, if someone wanted to throw rocks at my grave, that's fine. I don't care. I'll be dead. Doesn't matter. I feel that for her character, she acts like she's so fucking concerned about Wes's parents, but then does this thing that could potentially really hurt Wes's parents. That's what bothered me about it. Do you feel like she should have talked to the parents about it after? Like, I'm sorry that I did that. Would that have helped you? Or even thought about it? Even like, hey, you know, that's pretty fucked up for me to do. I don't know. Again, it's not about desecrating his grave. It's about the parents and how they might feel about it. Yeah. They might feel it was desecrating his grave. If that makes sense, I don't know if I'm explaining it well. But even if she thought, you know, maybe I shouldn't have thrown rocks at his grave. Or, you know, the very next scene... Silas takes Felicity to his ranch and he shows her his punching bag and shows her how to go wild on the punching bag, right? Mm -hmm. And she really enjoys it. If after that she had a thought like, this is much better than what I was doing before. Yeah. Something like that would have made it better. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like she didn't, she did not address that what she was doing was an inappropriate outlet for her anger by her own rules. Yes. Okay. I like my my characters to not be hypocrites. And I know that that's, I mean, it's okay. You can have a hypocritical character or whatever, but I didn't want her to be. I wanted her to continue her journey of self-improvement. So if she is going to be hypocritical, then maybe she should realize it later. Okay. It's really not even that big a deal, <laughs> except that you went on this whole thing about how it made sense to you. So now I feel like I have to justify my position. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't really care that much. It was just one of those like, eh, I don't like it. And how about we just let it go and move on? <laughs> I don't know if I can. Well, you can try. <laughs> That's all you can do. I have clamped my jaws shut on this issue and now I don't know how to open them. <laughs> Crowbar? I don't know. Okay, after she punches the punching bag, she leaves Silas's place, and before she goes home for the night, she goes back to Wes's grave and tells him, thank you, basically, for all the wonderfulness that he was, and that she'll never forget him. And I think that that is where she gets closure Yay. with Wes. Unfortunately, Silas does not realize that Felicity has now closed Wes's book. <laughs> It would make things a lot easier for Silas if he knew. Yes, probably. <laughs> make things e easy for Silas, but why? Why? Boy must suffer longer. I say boy. He's a 36-year-old man. Speak your truth, Silas. <laughs> it is now Christmas Eve. Felicity has a surprise gift to deliver to Silas. She shows up at the ranch and overhears Silas and his dad arguing because his dad still won't give any control of the ranch to Silas and it's still causing problems between them. Silas comes out of the house, sees Felicity. They go over to his house. He has his own house on the ranch, in case that wasn't clear. They open each other's gifts. They both got each other gloves. She tells Silas about how she quit her job. They talk about it. She decides she might want to be a realty agent. Silas conveniently happens to know someone who might be looking to sell part of their business to her. I wish it was that easy in real life. <laughs> Go live in a romance. I want to. Not this one, but <laughs> I do. Not not this one, though. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I don't want to get kidnapped and almost murdered by my evil ex, <laughs> which I feel would happen in this book. <laughs> I feel that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> good goal <laughs> right <laughs> if i were going to pick a romance book to live in it would not be this one <laughs> i'd pick a penny reed book <laughs> i like her books <laughs> same what like an alex where's my alex i'm trying to remember oh yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep cut <laughs> I was like, who's that again? All right. <laughs> we did a whole podcast about him. I remembered. <laughs> I got there. He was kind of a creeper, but I liked him. He was a bit problematic, but yeah. Later, a couple days later, I don't know, a week later, not sure. Felicity goes to watch Silas and Nick compete at ski-joring. Skajoring? Skajoring. Skajoring. <laughs> you got there. <laughs> Which is skiing while being pulled by an animal such as a horse or dog. Lucky horse or dog. In this case, it's horse. Yay. Well, they probably love it. They get to run. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure they love it. While she's at this event, she feels like she's making friends with all of the women now. So Gigi, Maisie, and Emmeline, they're all buds now. Yay, found family. Andrea shows up. She reveals she and Tyler got engaged and she is moving to Seattle. Everyone is thrilled with this news. <laughs> I forgot they come back. 
Everyone's like, yay, Andrea's no longer going to be here. (laughs) Oh, how sad for Andrea. I think Felicity even has a moment during this part where she thinks, should I tell her that Tyler cheated on me? And then Andrea says something horrible and she's like, "Eh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It's always interesting to me when another character's conduct then influences the main character on whether or not the kind of person that they want to be in that moment. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I won't feel bad at all. Which is something new for Felicity. (laughs) That's a good point. Good for her. Growth? (laughs) Maybe? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Silas and Nick got second place, and then we find out Derek is also there. He is still a total asshole. It doesn't look like he's changed at all from high school, aside from for the worse. This makes Felicity feel worried, so she decides to go to Chloe's house and check on her. Chloe, when she answers the door first, she kind of tries to hide what she looks like. Yeah. But Felicity says something that lets Chloe know that Felicity probably already knows what happened. Yeah. And so she opens the door all the way, and she looks bad. Her face is all fucked up. Yeah. It's bad. Felicity asks if she needs help, if she wants to go anywhere. Chloe's like, no, no, I'm fine. (laughs) He's not always like this, only when he's drunk. (laughs) Felicity is, however, able to tell Chloe that she's there for her and she's willing and able to help when needed. So again, giving Chloe that soft landing place. Yep. Being a resource. We get another time jump of six weeks. Felicity and Silas are still taking it slow. Silas picks her up for a date, but is it really a date? Felicity isn't sure. When Silas picks her up, he seems a little upset when he sees that old picture of Felicity and Wes on the mantle. They go and have pizza at Silas's place. Felicity shares that she is, in fact, buying into the partnership with the realtor that Silas had told her about. Silas has to birth a calf and Felicity helps. And then after they get cleaned up, they have a kiss and it starts to get like maybe, maybe Silas is going to ramp it up a little bit. But then they get interrupted by Santa. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> That's I was what I thought. I'm like, she's that. pausing. Why is she pausing? Oh, my cue. <laughs> They get interrupted by Simon. Jolly old Silas fat man. <laughs> Odin. Silas's old army buddy Paxson has come to see him. He just got out. So I guess he stayed in longer than Silas did. He sees Felicity and we learn that she is known as the Felicity, <laughs> which is not good. Well, it's always good when your name gets an article. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is this the Felicity? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, it is not. Paxson is very protective of Silas, and he starts talking about, like, oh, well, what about that woman you had sex with in Seattle that wasn't Felicity? (laughs) (laughs) Which is a double blow, because Felicity was living in Seattle. (laughs) One-two punch. (laughs) Boom, boom. So Felicity goes home for the night with her tail between her legs because Paxson is mean and Felicity doesn't want to fight back because she feels it's deserved. 
Yeah. She's holding in her fiery personality because she deserves the pain that has been inflicted upon her. Yep. We find out Felicity aced her realtor's exam. Silas wants to take her out to celebrate, but Paxson is there and Felicity is now avoiding Paxson. <laughs> but why? Why ever would she do <laughs> such a thing? Because <laughs> he has made it clear she is unwelcome. <laughs> <sighs> however she goes to the coffee shop and paxton is there almost like he was waiting for her which is weird but okay this, apparently felicity has a routine it involves going to this coffee shop <laughs> yeah i would find that concerning i'm like oh great the guy that was a butthole is here and seems to be waiting for me <laughs> great <laughs> He apologizes to her for his previous behavior and explains that Silas had a hard time with Felicity leaving him and and he feels protective. And therefore, yeah, he should totally take it out on her. However, <laughs> Silas gave him a hard time about it. Now he realizes that it's different than it used to be. And so he wants to make amends and try to be friends with Felicity. Over the next two weeks, Felicity and Paxson hang out. They're now friends. Yay, more friends. He likes to tell her about all his crappy army stuff that he's dealing with because he doesn't want to burden Silas with it and isn't ready to go into therapy, even though that would probably be a good thing for him. One of these days when they're hanging out, he's at her place. She's cooking him dinner. They're joking around. Silas is wondering where Paxson is because Paxson's been staying at Silas's, FYI. And finds a note that Paxson wrote for him that heavily implies he's planning to stay the night at Felicity's house. <laughs> so Silas goes to Felicity's house and he is raging like a bull. And he lets himself in and picks a fight with Paxson. And it almost comes to blows. But Felicity pours water on both of them. And then Paxson leaves because he's happy his plan worked. <laughs> child ah uh, his plan was <laughs> i will force silas to admit his feelings to you <laughs> uh. by making him jealous uh. <laughs> and it's extra infuriating because it really does fucking work because they then finally have the conversation where they're both like <laughs> i wanted you to choose me for me why didn't you make a move <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Salt in the wound. They finally have sex again. It's amazing. Silas stays the night. They have all the sex, all the time. It's wonderful. We learn Paxson has decided he's going to stay in Montana and work at Silas's ranch, but he's not going to live with Silas anymore because he doesn't want to be a third wheel. Now we're back at the coffee shop. Chloe is there with Felicity and tells her she's doing a lot better, that she had left Derek and then he agreed to stop drinking and get counseling, so she gave him another chance. But since he hasn't been drinking, things are wonderful now. Felicity is provisionally happy for her, but deep inside knows what we all know. That this is the honeymoon phase. Yes. <laughs> With the love bombing. Yes. The cycle of abuse is still cycling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like a broken record. Felicity has basically moved in with Silas. She's slowly learning ranch things. 
And now we get the asshole dad because Silas's dad, Elliot, is a total asshole to Felicity. Yep. All the time. Every time he has any contact with Felicity at all, he makes it very clear that he hates her. She's not good enough for his son. And why doesn't she just fucking leave already? (laughs) Oh, aren't you just a peach? (laughs) Felicity's been holding in her fiery spirit and not fighting back because this is Silas's dad. And she doesn't want to cause extra angst because she knows Silas and his dad have been having issues anyways. She even makes Silas promise not to confront his dad when he gets mad about how his dad has been treating her. And Silas is like, well, you should tell him off then. He's been looking for someone to blame about me joining the army anyway. Oh no, another thing for Felicity to feel guilt about. It is her fault Silas was in the army so long. It wasn't like he made a choice for himself or anything. Nope, he had no agency. It wasn't like he has his own decisions and thoughts and feelings. Nope. No, it's all about you, Felicity. The world revolves around you to make you feel sick. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Sabrina. Sabrina is Felicity's BFF from Seattle. Sabrina accepts Felicity for who she is. And so Felicity and Sabrina are super close. Sabrina is a investigative journalist, and she's currently been working undercover, trying to expose some sort of big story that she's not able to tell Felicity anything about, and she has not been answering any of Felicity's calls. Uh Uh-oh. So one day, Felicity is at Silas's house, as she normally is, and a strange car drives up, drops Sabrina off. And the kid driving the car demands $5,000, which Felicity pays. And then he drives away. Sabrina is beat the fuck up. (laughs) She looks fucking bad. Yeah. It is uncomfortable. Sabrina, we learn, has been working to expose a family that has ties to the Russian mafia. And she was pretending to date one of the mob members who found out she was a reporter and almost killed her. But she happened to get away, luckily. Almost killed her with kindness? No. (laughs) With beatings. Oh, not kindness. The reason she didn't die... I wasn't going to say this, but now I am because you were snarky. (laughs) The reason she didn't die, Em, is because he paused in beating her to death to rape her, and she happened to get a good kick into his balls and ran away. Yay, kick to the balls. You do what you gotta do. Yeah, aim for the squishy bits. She calls an Uber. (laughs) Oh, I can just imagine what Uber drivers have to deal with. Oh, poor Uber drivers. She promises to pay the Uber driver $5,000 to drive her 12 hours to Montana. Wear and tear on the car. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) Russian mafia possibly following. Makes sense. But it's okay, guys. She still managed to send the evidence and her story to her boss. And the mob family will be exposed. So it's fine. It was all worth it. Yay. Was it? The whole crew comes over. So everyone we've heard about in the story, basically. (laughs) Maisie, Jess, everyone. All the peeps come over. Maisie, luckily, used to be a nurse and so helps fix up Sabrina because Sabrina refuses to go to the hospital. They all discuss what they should do with Sabrina because she needs to lay low for a while. How do you solve a problem like Sabrina? (laughs) Well, let me tell you, you send her out into the middle of the woods with a guy. (laughs) Hey, that's not too dissimilar from what happened in The Sound of Music. (laughs) I mean, more kids were involved. (laughs) 
Yeah, Felicity talks her into going into hiding with Bo at an outpost while things blow over. Bo is Maisie's brother who's part of the friend group. This is book four, <laughs> FYI. <laughs> Sabrina and Bo. Sabo. Yes, I did look it up. <laughs> Good job, you with the looking. Uh-huh. Okay, after that, Silas has been having nightmares ever since Sabrina left with Bo because it triggered something... And this is weird, okay? The reason it triggered stuff is that Sabrina looks like Wes, kind of. Okay. It proves to Silas that Felicity has never really gotten over Wes. Like, she moved to Seattle and found a new Wes. Okay. And he's been having nightmares about Wes's corpse waking up and telling him that Felicity will never truly be his. We also learned Silas is the one who found Wes's body. I thought that whole thing was weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. I was with Felicity, you know, at the grave. Like, that was relatable to me. But this moment with Silas where she's like, yeah, yeah, your friend looks like your ex-boyfriend from high school. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> I mean, some facial features, like, it's, I don't know, maybe Wes was androgynous looking and and Sabrina is androgynous looking, and that's fine. Like, like, is that it? I just felt like I was way overthinking it. This is weird. Why is this here? <laughs> I mean, I get why. It's, I get why. It's just it's a weird way to get there. We need a reason for Silas to still be thinking that Felicity isn't over Wes, and he is competing with Wes, who is dead. Yeah, I feel like there's another way to go about that. <laughs> that would have been a little less weird. <laughs> A little less, I was going to say Twin Peaks, but, or maybe soap opera, like, it would make sense to me if they looked alike because they were related because Wes was adopted, but that's not, that's not. Or Sabrina was. Yeah, or something. Or I don't something. know. They are long lost twins. Honestly, dude, like, when we were looking <laughs> over, like, the little things on the back and it was like, oh, there's a murder. I expected more murder. More things to do with that. And, and the violence went a different way. We needed to have read one of the other books in this series, I think. It sounds like there's a lot of murder in the other books. Yeah. That's what I thought I was getting. <laughs> that is not what we got. <laughs> well, you should read book one or two. Yeah, I'll just add that on my list. <laughs> I don't know if there's any murdering in book four, but possibly because there is the mafia. Maybe they're the cuddly mafia. Maybe, maybe they're a mafia of cuddles. Mm, <laughs> no, I doubt it. It is now branding time at the ranch. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> Everything is great until the end of the day when Silas's dad is an a-hole to Felicity again and she snarks back at him. And then when she goes back over to Silas, he can tell that something went on between the two of them and he wants to go pick a fight with his dad over it. Felicity tries to stop him, but he is too angry. So angry. He's sick of his dad's shit. She decides to leave the ranch for now to give him time to deal with his anger. She knows he's been hiding something from her anyway because he's been acting weird ever since the Sabrina thing. He feels like she's abandoning him again and then throws the past in her face and she drives off. He goes and has a talk with his dad. Or no, he doesn't. He gets, he gets distracted. <laughs> <laughs> shiny he goes he goes inside for some fucking reason Squirrel. i don't know i don't remember but when he comes back out he realizes that her car is back she came back for him he finds her in his room she's trying to recreate their first night together 
He says he loves her, and she says she loves him, too. Yeah, love. And then he makes a little speech about how he knows Wes was her true love, but will she be able to make room in her heart for him, too? And then she laughs and tells him that she has always been in love with him, and he is the love of her life, not Wes. You were worried for no reason, Silas. This is why communication is good. (laughs) (laughs) They decide they are going to get married someday and have babies, but he is not going to propose yet. They actually have a conversation to that effect. Later that night, Chloe shows up. She has been beaten bloody. It is really bad. They call Jess, who is the town sheriff, and have a plan for Chloe to stay at Felicity's house for a while to hide from Derek and heal. Jess says he's going to try to keep Derek in jail as long as possible, but he's probably going to get out on bail. So watch out. Just, just sad. Yes, it is. Silas is sick with a cold and can't help his dad deliver salt blocks. And so Felicity, (laughs) I know that sounds like a non sequitur, but that's what (laughs) happens next. So Felicity goes to tell the dad, hey, by the way, Silas can't help you today. And the dad is an asshole again. And so Felicity is like, well, I'll do the work for him. It's fine. But it is a long, grueling day of working her ass off. And Elliot doesn't even say thank you, just that Silas deserves better and that Felicity is selfish for not letting Silas go. Hmm. When Felicity gets back to Silas's house, she looks like shit and Silas takes care of her, finds out she rode his horse and used his saddle and that's why her legs are all jacked up. Not only that, but apparently no one is supposed to ride Silas's horse because Silas's horse doesn't like other people and his dad knew that and Felicity could have died. Yep, super fucking dangerous. Later, Felicity is out with her mom They're wandering around town. People are looking at Felicity weird and Felicity doesn't know what's going on. And then she sees one of those sky banners and it's Silas's surprise proposal to her. He remembered that a million years ago, Felicity had said that would be her dream proposal. She, of course, says yes. They plan to get married in three months. (laughs) Three weeks. Three months. Again with the three. When Elliot and Felicity get a moment alone, Elliot tells Felicity that he's going to write Silas out of his will if they get married. Oh, good. Still an asshole then. I was hoping that may change, but apparently not. (laughs) Congrats, kids. Felicity is understandably upset by this. Yeah. She's supposed to be working her realtor job and taking Paxson out house hunting. Paxson is able to deduce that Felicity is upset due to something that Elliot said and sends Silas a little text about it that something is wrong. Silas goes and confronts his dad finally and his dad actually admits what he said and then tries to act like he's just looking out for Silas by doing that. (laughs) Mother fucker. (laughs) Fucking asshole. Bad dad. Bad, bad dad. Yes. You're not getting any argument from me. Silas says that he's going to be putting Felicity first and he'll just leave then, which really fucks the dad up because he thought he was going to win this argument somehow. Yeah, I don't know why he thought that would be a successful way to approach that. But because if he approaches it this way, then he doesn't have to admit his feelings because feelings should never be admitted out loud. Especially if you're a man. Felicity is doing the mature thing and has made a plan to tell Silas what 
Elliot said to her, and then let him decide what he wants to do and let Silas know that she is going to be supportive no matter what Silas decides. I thought that was great. I was full on expecting Felicity to go off to Seattle again. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a pleasant surprise. (laughs) Yay. For me. As Felicity is showing a house to Paxson, his PTSD gets triggered by gunshots and he drops her to the ground in an effort to protect her. She gets dirty. So after that, they go by Felicity's place so she can change her clothes. Chloe, remember, has been staying at Felicity's place. When they get there, Chloe is being attacked by Derek. She is being held in a stranglehold against the wall. (sighs) Derek has some friends with him. One of the guys grabs Felicity and stops her from going to Derek. And there's another guy there, too, that Paxson has to fight off. Felicity is trying to convince Derek to stop strangling Chloe while she struggles against her own attacker. And then Felicity does manage to get loose and find her stun gun, which just happens to be a thing that she has. She goes after Derek, but Derek tries to go after her and Paxson starts beating Derek up. And Derek is now unconscious on the ground, but Paxson is triggered again and is still attacking, beating Derek to a bloody pulp until Felicity uses her stun gun on Paxson to make him stop and then calls 911. They all go to the hospital. (laughs) Jess, Felicity's brother, calls Silas and tells him to come to the hospital. He sees Paxson sitting outside and Paxson's like, I fucked up. (laughs) Paxson is a character in one of the later books as well. Oh, is he? Felicity is fine. She didn't get hurt, really, just kind of freaked out. Silas and Felicity are able to talk. Silas tells Felicity he's planning to choose her over the ranch. We learn that Derek and his buddies are getting arrested, but Paxson is not going to go to jail for what he did. As far as the sheriff is concerned, it was fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Felicity and Silas go back to the ranch where Elliot, Silas's dad, is waiting there. He wants to apologize to Silas and he also apologizes to Felicity and asks for a chance to explain himself. He's been locked out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Silas's mom was there when Silas had confronted his dad. His mom was like, yeah, no, (laughs) you're not welcome in here anymore right now. (laughs) You need to be elsewhere. (laughs) Go sleep with the horses. We learn that apparently before Elliot had met Silas's mom, he had his heart broken by a city girl. And that's why he didn't like Mm -hmm. Felicity. So Silas's dad has the emotional maturity of a 14-year-old. But Felicity wasn't a city girl when the original infraction was done. She'd grown up there. Uh, Well, they kind of view Felicity as a city girl because she didn't live... Felicity doesn't live on a ranch or whatever. She's not a farm girl. She lives in the suburb. So as far as Elliot is concerned, I think she is a, quote, city girl because she's not a farm girl. Mm -hmm. But she's a rural girl. She's not a city girl, but whatever. Well, either way, she was a scapegoat. (laughs) She's a small town girl in a small town world. Yes. Run by Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. This one female did me wrong millions of years ago, so now I'm taking it out on you. Fucking get over it, dude. It's dumb, too, because he then went on and met Silas's mom, and she's the true love of his life, and everything Mm -hmm. is fine. No, no, he feels like a shit because he feels like he 
made his son leave and stayed gone. But rather than dealing with that, he'd rather just direct it all at Felicity, who is so happy to just take it because she's a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Elliot asks for a month to prove to Silas that he does actually want to run the ranch with him and will be more open to letting him make decisions and possible changes. So Silas is like, okay, I'll give you a month to show me that you actually want to be different. Please don't leave. I'd like to get back into my house. I have a nice bed there. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if he did get to sleep in the bed that night. I don't, I hope not. We'll never know. So then we get an epilogue one year later. Elliot is no longer an asshole. Silas and Felicity got married. Silas's parents gifted them the ranch. Felicity is pregnant. Chloe and Paxson are now roommates. Derek is in prison for 15 years. And right at the end, Felicity goes into labor and has a baby girl. And then there's a mini time jump of a month in the epilogue where we have Silas being a dad, I guess. The end. How is the audiobook? So the audiobook was narrated by Ava Erickson and Jeffrey Kafer. And I feel like they embodied the characters well. But I'm not sure they balanced each other well. I don't know if the trade-off worked for me necessarily, but I felt like they were the characters. Okay. So maybe it's just me. Are you happy for them? Yeah, I'm happy. It's fine. Another non-answer from M. It's one of those, like, I'm confident that those kids are fine. They'll be fine. Are you? It's fine. (laughs) I I think I literally, in my notes, because when I scroll down to look, I have shoulder shrug. (laughs) What about you? Are you happy for their happy? I'm not invested in their happy at all, so I don't care. I just just don't care. And I don't care. I realize it's a romance trope of carrying a torch for like a million years for somebody and you have the pining and the unrequited love and whatnot. And sometimes it's fine. Sometimes I like it. But in this book, I'm just like, I don't know. He never moved on. Neither did she. There has to be a good argument made why that character didn't move on. And I'm not sure in the beginning part of the book that that argument was made really effectively. And he gives her such a pass, too, because she is so horrible to him. They have sex. It's like the best night of his teenage life. Technically, I guess she cheated on Wes because he doesn't remember her breaking up with him. Yeah. And then she just ghosts him after that. Yeah. It's just fucked up. And, And then he never moves on and he wants to still be with her. Yeah, I don't get it. But... It's sad. And he's willing to throw away his ranch to be with her. I don't know. It bothered me. And then she, she did experience a lot of growth, you know, both on and off the Mm -hmm. page, I think. But I just don't know that she does deserve him. Yeah. (laughs) Did she do enough? I think most of the time in the story, guilt was being used as growth. And she wasn't doing any growing. What she was doing was beating the crap out of herself emotionally. Which, I mean, can be a good time. It depends what you're into. Earlier in the book, where she she was the one that wanted to apologize to Wes's parents. And they were like, no. You have to realize what apologies mean. And if you're really wanting to apologize to that person, 
don't force your apology at them if they don't want it. Because then it's not about them. It's about you. Exactly. So, yeah, I feel like she still had plenty of room to do substantive growth. And I don't think she did it. I hate using the word deserve. Yeah. And things like that in relation to relationships or, you know, do you deserve that or not? Like, it's... It's a word I'm trying to get away from, but in the context of the story, I just don't feel like she's earned Silas's love. And I guess that's the point. Love isn't earned. It's given. I don't think she realizes what she did wrong in certain instances. I mean, she feels bad for certain actions, but like the ghosting and and all of that. But I don't think she understands the anger thing that she's dealing with. The self-reflection piece. She's not understanding more in depth why she's handling those situations the way she's handling it. Maybe she will change in time. Who knows? I tend to doubt it because especially for the purposes of a romance book, once they're together, we're never really going to hear from these characters again, unless it's like an info dump in the other stories. Now they're locked in time like a snow globe. It is both heaven (laughs) and hell. It is the hellscape within (laughs) M's mind. Once the fantasy of the romance has been concluded those characters are now trapped well they are because we never see him again (laughs) frozen in time forever pretty much (laughs) i know but you're so like (laughs) so judgy about it (laughs) i'm not one of those people that think you shouldn't judge i do think you should change your opinion with new information And to have compassion. (laughs) But then how do you suss things out if you're not making judgments? Of course you're judging. You just reevaluate. So I think the thing with their relationship, what they're happy, that really gets to me is that Silas is in a position where he will do literally anything to be with Felicity. And Felicity doesn't realize that. And I think that's bad. It is. And could potentially be abused. She does not understand the power she wields. Uh, Anyway, let's rate them. How do you rate Felicity? I put her as like, I don't know. I kind of oscillated back and forth between awesome and awesome. Because I enjoyed that she had sort of a redemptive arc, right? Mean girl turned good girl. But I feel like yeah. sometimes that wasn't very effective. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I rated her awkward trending down to Ooh. awful. Interesting. I think that the things about her that were potentially awesome were not well done. The one redeeming quality in her character was her relationship with Chloe. Yeah. I really appreciated that part of the story. I feel like that showed that Felicity did have some empathy and ability to look outside of herself. I think for most of the story, she was very inward focused. Yes, on being better, but also feeling like everything is about her. Kind of like how one feels in (laughs) high school. Yes. As a teen. Yes. And so she makes so much of moving beyond her high school persona, but yet still feels like everyone's actions are due to her, which just is not the case. 
You are not the sun, Felicity. You are another player on the stage. It just really bothered me, I think, because we're being told that she's growing and changing and getting better and all these things. But I'm not seeing her reaching out and looking outside of herself and recognizing that people have their own stories that they're telling themselves and they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. involve her. And when they do, it isn't necessarily the same story she thinks it is. It made it hard for me to relate to her at all. And I don't have to relate to the character to enjoy the story, but it makes it easier. (laughs) Even if you don't relate to a character, you should, hopefully you're able to invest in them. And yes, relatability can help facilitate the investment but it's not necessarily the only way yeah i didn't invest because it didn't feel genuine to me i felt like we were being told all the things and not shown all the things yes i want to redo my rating and say it's awkward or she's awkward she's not an it (laughs) (laughs) she's not a thing (laughs) she's a person a fictitious person uh, yes. Have I swayed you? Yeah. I mean, sometimes we do the do our discussions before the rating. Sometimes I get swayed. It happens. I feel you made compelling arguments. And it's true. We don't actually see much change, we are told. Which, boo. How, how did you rate Silas? I put him as awkward, awesome. I don't know. Like, sometimes I just felt so bad for the dude. That's really not the reason that I should be rating. <laughs> It's a pity rating. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I do. I feel bad for the dude. Maybe it's because we seemed like we were with Felicity more, but he was definitely in her orbit. And I think it was like, he's just happy to be there in her orbit. But he, he kept feeling like he had to earn his spot. And that was just sad. That's what I mean. What about you? (laughs) What was your rating? Probably... Not out of pity. No, I rated him awkward, also trending (laughs) down. Oh, poor buddy. There was nothing really wrong with him, I guess. It's just... No, that's not fair to... uh, No, there there are things wrong with him. So, the thing with Silas, we get the impression he has a life, right? He runs this ranch with his dad. He's got this beef with his dad over who's going to be in charge. He's a veteran. He was in the military for 10 years. He served, what, three tours in Iraq during the war after 9-11. He has friends. He has a social life. He helps Maisie with stuff. He does all these things, right? But we don't. I don't feel like he actually had a life at yeah. all. It doesn't feel real to me. It doesn't feel like that's actually what he was doing. It feels to me... Like, he's just been pining this whole time over Felicity, but then he's not actually doing anything about that either, except having angry sex with her whenever she comes into town. And I don't understand why he's pining for her. No. I get sort of his experience. He's just trying to recapture his youth, where they had those magical moments where her life was kind of a hot mess. I genuinely wonder, like, how much they could have connected when they were in their teens. Part of it is that she's the one that got away for him because we learn in the story that he had been planning to ask Felicity out and Wes beat him to it 
which just shows that Wes was kind of a jerk because he knew that Silas was into Felicity. Yeah. Bro code. <laughs> hello. That's the way I, I felt like she was the one that got away. He's all caught up in what might have been. And it's hard to understand because he didn't take any action yeah. toward it. He went to the army. Then he came back home to his small town and started working on his ranch. And that's his life. And he made a, a life in his hometown. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, that's fine. And then let's say Felicity comes by and he's like, oh, wow, I still feel for her. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should pursue that. That would have been fine. Mm. Or let's say he went into the army because he was angry or whatever. And then he comes back and now he's going to go look for her. He's going to go after her. That would have been yeah. fine, too. But instead, he's just in this middle place where he's waiting for her to fall into his lap or yeah. something. Very passive. He's hero. waiting for her to want him. Yeah. It really bothered me. Passive is a good word for it. While I like that he didn't have all the answers and everything mm -hmm. like so many heroes do, I didn't have anything to root for with him. Yeah. Well, what about the antagonists slash villains? So the villains list is kind of short. I was just going to say lengthy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have Elliot there because <laughs> scapegoating her and... Smell you. Being an asshole and just in general. I guess Andrea and Tyson, but they're not very effective. Kind of the same yeah. with Elliot, although he is slightly more effective because he was throughout the story a little bit more. And Felicity herself, I feel like she was her own villain, her own antagonist, yeah. getting in the way of her own growth and going after what she wants or wanted. Well, what additions do you have? <laughs> So I feel like Felicity went back to her hometown, which is full of antagonists, because no one likes her. She has to prove herself again and again. So a lot of the characters, they're just very minor. Her gaining people's trust, like with Gigi, the sister-in-law, or Maisie, who she bullied in school. Andrea and Tyson, I felt, were ineffective, because yeah. why were they even there? Elliot, I felt, was ineffective, even though he was awful. He was an awful character. Like, he was mean. Mm -hmm. He was fun to dislike. But he wasn't very effective because both Felicity and Silas were like, well, fuck you. We're going to do what we want. Yeah, he wasn't really in opposition. <laughs> I mean, he tried to be, but it backfired. I put Wes on the list because he kind of set the whole thing in motion. He is very present in the story, even though he's dead. He is a big reason behind Felicity's urge to grow. He's a big reason behind the angst that Silas feels. I feel like it was pretty effective. But I think for me, the most effective villain in the story was Derek, the abusive husband of Chloe. Yeah. Because that is the part of the story I found most compelling was Felicity's relationship with Chloe, helping her escape the abusive relationship. Derek, we learn hasn't really changed from high school has only gotten worse and he is a true danger yeah no you're He's actually right. dangerous he could have killed all of them he probably would have too i believe it yeah so and it was to me the villain for the most important part of the story as far as felicity's character growth no i see that how do you rate the book i gave the book a three so yeah i mean it was okay not really one way or the other. Like, I didn't dislike it intensely. 
but I didn't really like it intensely. It was just, it's okay. It's average. What about you? I gave it a two. Okay. I didn't like it. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) I thought the writing was fine, but there wasn't the depth I wanted in the places I wanted it. There was depth in other places. I think that the authors created a pretty big world. You can tell that there's all these different people in her world and all from the different books or whatever. And I like how she wove in the different characters. The backstories are kind of info dumpy for each character from previous books. But I do like that she set up the beginning of the next book and this book. And it's very definitely a series, I think, for this author instead of standalones that are loosely joined. So, you know, I could appreciate the crafting of that, but I just didn't, didn't invest. I feel like I'm you today. (laughs) Didn't invest. The roles have reversed. Oh, wait, no, I still snark. (laughs) You still didn't invest. (laughs) Yes. Well, did you feel romanced? Asking, even though I kind of know the answer, it's just that's what we're supposed to do next. So that's what I'm going to do. No, not really. I didn't. I didn't invest. And... I don't understand why Silas loves Felicity. Yeah. I get more why Felicity loves Silas because he does whatever she wants. (laughs) But that's what the 50s movie said love is, right? One person just does what the other person says. Only it's usually the roles are a little reversed. Right. I forgot. That's what we want. (laughs) It's a tropey thing in romance with the hero bending over backward to fulfill the heroine's wants and needs. Of Mm -hmm. course, you know, we want an emotionally available hero. We want a hero who does stuff. That's part of the fantasy. Mm -hmm. But she didn't do anything for him, as far as I could tell. Yeah, no, not really. So I just didn't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to my world. (laughs) (laughs) Did you feel romance? No. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't have any more to add than that. I didn't invest. I was not emotionally connected. Yeah, we're on the same page with this one. <laughs> Yee. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else have you been reading? Well, I recently finished a book called Rancher Farmer Fisherman, uh, Conservation Heroes of the American Heartland by Miriam Horn. It's a series of... I guess vignettes would be the best way to put it, of people working in those industries and how they are adjusting to the world that we are in with difficulty getting plants to grow, you know, the Mississippi River not being as rivery as it once was, and all the problems with flooding, various fishing issues, because you can't fish what isn't there. Um, and how do you how do you make that sustainable? Ranching problems and, and things like that with cattle and land use and all of that. And so it was really interesting. It was something that I I knew a little bit about and thought I knew more than I did. And of course, things have changed. This book, I think, I think I could be wrong, came out in like 2016. So it's a little dated, but not too dated. And of course, things I'm sure things are even more different post 2020. So it was interesting to see what difficulties they're dealing with to do do their job, like that enables us to put food on the table. If you go to the store and there's nothing there because the produce couldn't make it down the river that week, that's a problem. 
And one that we aren't terribly familiar with in the U.S. Yeah, so it was just, it was interesting and inspiring to see what those people are trying to accomplish through compromise. I think the best of it gives me hope, because you want to be able to feed your population, in theory. Hopefully. For, for so many reasons. Their health <laughs> being one of those reasons. <laughs> You'd probably find it pretty interesting. I don't know if I necessarily sold it very well. I was going to be snarky and say that you want your workforce to have enough food to keep working. Well, we're a capitalist society. So yeah, we, we tend to see things through that lens. <laughs> you know, it's like so many things. If you want your workforce to work, they're going to need food to do that. <laughs> In a lot of cases, these are family businesses. And so they're trying to protect their family businesses and acknowledge where things were done in the past just cannot be done this way because the resource isn't the same. Yep. Things are changing. It doesn't make sense to keep saying, but it was always like this. Well, yeah, but it isn't now. So. Yeah, that's a logical <laughs> fallacy. There's the fantasy of the past, but <laughs> the present is what you live in. What, what were you reading or what have you been reading? I recently finished the most recent Stephen King fairy tale. I read all the Stephen King books as they come out. I am a big fan of post-retirement king <laughs> yay <laughs> i know that can be a little uh divisive for people but those are the ones i like fairy tale is the story of charlie reed who is a high school kid seems pretty normal his dad is a recovering alcoholic his mom died in a hit and run and he's just doing him when one day he walks by this old house and he hears someone calling for help, and it's the old man who lives there, Mr. Bowditch. He, he fell, and he couldn't get up, and he needed help. Charlie befriends both Mr. Bowditch and his dog, and kind of takes on a friendship-slash-caregiving role with Mr. Bowditch, because he's pretty elderly. We learn that Mr. Bowditch has a secret, which is a portal to another world in his oh. shed. Due to circumstances, Charlie eventually goes through that portal <laughs> Yay. to find a fantastic, terrifying, different world where he learns that he's going to be playing some role of significance in a fairy tale of some kind. Mm. It's really fun because King leans into having a fairy tale-esque style oh. story while making it his own imbuing it with aspects of horror but this is not a horror story huh that sounds interesting it's just really good and it actually had a really good ending and i think that that's something that king sometimes struggles with oh so well good uh, you gotta keep in mind stephen king is known for being a horror writer but a lot of his later works are different types of stories that have horrific things mm. in them, but aren't necessarily straight horror genre. And I really appreciate that about him. It feels like he's writing things that are more fresh because of that. That's great. And he doesn't shy away from the horrific elements because that's his brand. 
But it's nice. It's nice to read. Like, okay, you're reading a fantasy story and shit goes down. But in a king fantasy story, shit really goes down. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that cannot feel satisfying in a story that doesn't lean into intensity when it feels like right. it's appropriate. That's it for this time. Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com for show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads. And don't forget, you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Amazon, or Spotify. Or if it still exists, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at RomanceBeCast. Oh, so <laughs> speaking of the thing that may or may not exist that is Twitter, were you romanced <laughs> by Felicity and Silas's story? Let us know what you think. And of course, join us next time when we discuss There's Something About Mary by Chloe Hall. Bye. 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 <laughs> I was wondering about the Twitter thing. <laughs> Oh my gosh, like every every couple days it's like, oh, what's gonna happen next? And I was gonna ask you, like, I'm like, we are not paying that eight dollars, right? Because that is just so No <laughs> Like there's no way that we are gonna do that by the way. Yeah, no, I'm not giving any money that dude. He does not need my money. He does not deserve my eight dollars. <laughs>